welcome to the Liron Glickman Show, the show that explores the human factor around business and entrepreneurship in a hybrid world. I'm Liron Glickman, your host, the global business development specialist, business relationship and personal branding amplifier and speaker. And today we're actually going to dive into one of the foundations of any human interaction, self-worth and with that, self-expression. And my guest today is someone remarkable, Anna Weiner. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. So good to have you here. And one of the reasons is because you're the president of Remarkability and the creator of Unremarkable Movement while working at Google, which is, if you haven't heard of it yet, a global movement that empowers everyone with a focus on underrepresented groups to celebrate their achievements in the workplace and beyond while challenging the social perception around self-promotion. How important is that? That was a, a long intro, so <laughs> thank you for that. I'm really, really glad to be here, and we're going to talk about all the different parts of what you just said. I'm so intrigued by this interview with you. I learned how did you come up with such an important topic and how you really change lives, and um, that's definitely one again, what we're going to touch on. But before I start, I always kind of give bio uh, so our listeners and viewers uh, from around the world to know who we have here with us. So Anna, as I said, she's created uh, this remarkable, unremarkable movement. And actually, uh, the movement has reached over 500,000 participants in 180 countries with over 4,000 facilitators and just got licensed uh, to Anna's newly created NGO called Remarkability by Google. So congratulations. It just happened recently, right? Yeah, that's very, very news from the oven. That's uh, one month old news. So we, have a, we have a scoop here. Um, and you're going to tell us, because this is actually the NGO actually going to take some remarkable movement, take it to the next level. Um, you work in multiple Google offices. You will share more about it. Uh, but you were there for 13 years across Israel and London and previously led Think with Google EMEA B2B growth marketing and EMEA uh, curriculum development for Google's um, largest external training programs and digital skills grow with Google. So you've been around in the training and, and growing um, leadership, learning and development area for a while. And you're a speaker, you're committed to developing women and underrepresented groups. And this is actually why uh, we're here today uh, to share more and learn more from you. So without further ado, we're going to talk about self-worth and work um, as an entrepreneur at work, um, remarkable practices, and how to leverage inner feelings perception to drive external business results. Now over to you, remarkable Anna. So I think you started and turned Unremarkable into a global movement. Yeah. Um, and thank you again. I'm very excited and happy to be here. Um, so let's talk about the early days of Unremarkable. And uh, we're talking about December 2015. Um, so I was working in London at that time. Um, and we were offered to join a training that was aimed at women. Uh, mid-level uh, women and the, and the goal of that training was to help you get out of your comfort zone um, and in one of the exercises they've asked us to write down our achievements and think about again just to put you in that mindset you're sitting in a room with 10 other women you have a facilitator and they're giving you a blank uh, page and ask you to write down your achievements um and then they've asked us each one of us to stand in front of the room and read it out loud 
which at that moment I quite struggled because also I couldn't, I, I think I wrote three things maybe. Um, and then was very nervous about standing in front of this room and reading it out loud. Uh, but I also had a few other feelings, which the most important of them was um, when other women were standing there and reading their achievements, I was sitting there and thinking to myself, oh my God, why are they bragging? And I got out from the uh, from the room um, and I talked to a colleague of mine and a colleague and a friend who went actually through the same training just in New York. And she said, you know what, Anna, I think people go through a super interesting process in this exercise. Let's do a video about it. And there is something really, really cool at Google called 20%, which you can actually go and take one day a week and work on a project that is not your day job. Um, at the time, I was looking for something like that. Um, so I said, great, let's do um, this project. As Liron told you before, um, I worked in marketing at Google. Um, I quite like working on creative um, projects. Um, we needed some money. So I went to my previous director and I said, um, could we have some money to produce this video that is actually going to make an impact on women all over the world? Um, because it highlights the need to self-promote and the struggles that people face when they do this. Um, and she said a sentence that actually changed the course of uh, my life, my professional life, my uh, personal life as well, to be honest. And she said, Anna, if this is as important as you say it is, how are you going to reach every person on the planet? Good question. Good yeah. Question. A very good question. I think my heart sank at that moment. I was like, oh my God, that's not what I was aiming for. But um, I took this as a challenge and uh, we, me and uh, my colleague, so the other Anna that we were working on this together in the beginning, um, we said, okay, let's take on the challenge and see how we turn this from just doing a video project to a bigger thing that is actually going to help us reach people. And this is where the unremarkable movement was born. Um, we're at the heart of the movement of the movement. We have a 90 minute workshop that through this workshop, we actually deliver the messages of I'm remarkable. Uh, but it's not just about the workshop itself. We've actually, as Liron mentioned before, uh, created a community that now consists uh, of over mm -hmm. half a million people across 181 countries uh, that have been through the workshop. That's amazing. And I love what you said about the question because they said that the quality of questions um, can definitely impact the quality of the results. And she basically, it seems to me like she kind of planted the, the vision of like the, the how you're going to do it. And as you said, this question really changed the course of the event for you. And, and I'm happy that she did and you did. And obviously, I've heard of Unremarkable for many years. And, you know, I, I work in kind of similar, uh, I, I, I work on personal branding. So I do touch upon some of the topics, but, but you rightfully um, requested for me to go through Unremarkable, even though I read a lot and, and saw some videos, but it's not like going to the workshop. And when I went through the workshop, I definitely realized more how, what, what it's all about. So if you can share a bit about the model of the program, um, and how does this 90-minute workshop and community create such an important impact? Um, so 
Let me tell you a bit about the beginning of how we came about what you see as the workshop right now. So we started, um, you know, after hearing that question, we actually had to do a pilot to see that what we're thinking about actually makes sense. And we ran a um, small pilot in Poland with 200 women. And I keep saying women, we're going to talk about the audience of Unremarkable in a second, uh, but just um, a TLDR to say that today we target, we reach everyone, uh, but it did start as um, a, a workshop for women. So we did this pilot and we got a lot of feedback. So the initial workshop we created was changed through the course of about five, six months. Um, and since then has been uh, updated a few um, once a year. Um, but the model that you're talking about, so the way that we run this is we, as Unremarkable, train facilitators who are all volunteers. So we deliver the workshop. The workshop is for free for participants. Um, and this is a very important point for us because we really want to make sure that the workshops reach everyone no matter where you are in the world. Um, and this is the model. Basically, we go and train facilitators and they go and deliver the workshop for their audiences. It can be in the company that they work. It can be in their social groups. It can be for family, friends, mm -hmm. uh, social circles, whatever it might be. Um, and I can tell you that we've had workshops run on boats, in parks, in classrooms, in universities, in workplaces. Anywhere. Um, and that's the model. That's amazing. So you're saying basically it's free. That's that's the answer, some of the answer to the question that you were asked. I mean, how to reach so many people. And when I joined the um, um, the session, there was actually a really nice facilitator from India. Um, and with me in the groups for women from, from Europe, from Holland, from Spain, Israel. And you know what I really was, what was really interesting is that the self-worth is the notions are kind of similar to humans, to people, no matter where you are, in which culture you're coming from. And that yeah. brings me to, to the next question. Um, what is being remarkable for you? I mean, is there any differences between, and also between when men and women, how do you see it for you? And what do you see the differences between men and women? So I think the other unique point about Unremarkable is that your reference point is just you. It's not, we're not asking you to compare your achievements to the achievements of your colleagues or other people out there. What we're aiming for with Unremarkable is to help you realize how remarkable you are for everything that you've done. And if we talk about, you know, competition or goals, the, the point is to make you the best version of yourself that you want to be. Yeah. It's not about turning Liron to be the next Nobel Prize winner or the next mm -hmm. person to finish a marathon or, um, you know, whatever it might be. The idea is how do you look at your achievements that you've achieved in your life? It can be professional, it can be personal, and you realize that these are remarkable achievements for you. And the collection of all of these achievements is what makes you so special and what makes you, you. Yeah. And I think that many of us are taking a lot of the things that we do and achieve in our life for granted because everybody does it. Um, yeah. And I can give you an example, you know, in, in I have two kids and they're almost three and almost five. Mm -hmm. And 
even though I know there are billions of women in the world who've gone through pregnancies and labor and birth and have raised kids, for me, this is a remarkable achievement. And the fact that I am able to mix raising a family and having a family um, and being a good partner while having a full-time job is a remarkable achievement. And it doesn't matter that you have billions of women around the world that do it or billions of parents around the world that do it. For you, for me, that's a remarkable achievement. And that is important to then go and yeah. communicate both for myself and for the people around me. That's that's so amazing. So you're saying, first of all, put the lens on yourself, on your capacity, on your potential, on, on your desires rather than other people. And two things come to mind. First of all, on actually the first ever episode of the Leroy Glickman show, I had the honor of interviewing Dr. Ivan Meisner, uh, who's the guru of networking, the founder of Global BNI Communities. And he said something I, I will never forget. He said that when we compare ourselves to others, we compare our inner self to other outer selves. So we can only, we see our internal you know, thought and, and aspiration and so on, but we can only see the external part of the other person. And I want to take that to this first session that you that that unremarkable idea came to life. And you were saying, I saw some people in the room, some women that were bragging. So how should we um, maybe see or or approach people who we think are bragging? And or is it okay to brag? Or how how do you view the bragging notion of other people and of ourselves? So this brings me to the two <laughs> most important messages of I'm remarkable, which I'm sure. As you've been through the workshop, you're, let, let's see if you now remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are two key things. So I'm going to TLDR this for you. So even if you don't join an unremarkable yeah. workshop, if you remember these two things, you're good. Or it's a good start. Yeah. I don't think you're ever good. I think you always need to um, work on improving. But those two things are very important. The first one that we say is that it's not bragging if it's based on facts. So the fact that for me, I might, I have my own unconscious biases and I was at that time, again, we're talking about seven years ago, looking at this woman and thinking, oh my God, why is she bragging? She was not bragging. She was standing and telling facts about her life and about her achievements. And the fact that I have perceived this as bragging is my problem. It's not her problem. Yeah. So that's number one. Again, remember, it's not bragging if it's based on facts. So if you tell something that is the truth and is backed with numbers and data and facts that are not arguable, you're not bragging. You're just telling the truth. And the second thing that is very important and is connected here is that achievements don't speak for themselves. So this is the other side of the coin, which says... You can't just sit there and expect that everybody around you are going to be aware of what you do, not your manager, not your colleagues, not your partner, not your family. And I think this is the very, very important point that we come and say, you, first of all, need to acknowledge what your accomplishments are. And you can do it by writing it on a piece of paper. You can keep um, an email draft open in your computer. You can write it in your journal. You can do it in whatever post-it, whatever way that works for you. But just be sure that you acknowledge your accomplishments, again, personal or professional. 
and then uh, go and share it with the people that need to know about your accomplishments. Yeah. And that's also important. I mean, who are you sharing the messages with? Like you come from the marketing, marketing record is about what is your message? Who your audience is, is kind of similar. I mean, what do you want to bring out? There? But there is another layer here. I mean, there are all kinds of demons. You know, we all, we've all been there. We've all sat in the room and we saw people who were seem remarkable and we think, oh my God, I'm not this and I'm not that. Self-worth, I'm imposter syndromes. One day they will, you know, discover um, I don't know anything. So is there a way to kind of deal with this uncomfortable feeling, with those challenges, with this, you know, inner chatter that is basically killing us from the inside? Totally. This is a, a super, super important point. And this is mm-hmm. where also, I think there are two layers here. And this is where the two parts of Unremarkable touch. So the first yeah. one is improving our motivation and skills to self-promote. So that's mm-hmm. how we work on ourselves. But that's not enough. And I think yeah. this is the point that you touched. We also need to change the social perception around self-promotion. Because yeah. today... Even when you go on Google and you search self-promotion, the dictionary definition gives you quite a negative definition for what it means. And it talks a lot about bragging. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about Unremarkable, the purpose for us here is to go and train everyone. So Mm -hmm. not just the people that we would call Mm -hmm. underrepresented that might have those struggles, but actually we also go and train the C-level in different companies we go and train the middle management because we need to be able to change the culture of sharing the culture of different teams the way that people then go and talk about their achievements and encourage that um Mm -hmm. that sharing while creating a supportive environment and not a judgmental environment that is a lot of the backlash that some people might feel when they go and they talk about their achievements um so a few quick tips on this one i think this is when we talk about self-promotion it's a muscle so mm-hmm. probably 99.9 percent of us were not born with this ability to go and talk about their achievements in full confidence and not uh, being apologetic about us sharing our achievements mm-hmm. so we need to start from you know, with small steps, but persistence is really important and practicing is really important. So the homework that we give in the workshop is for you to go write down on a piece of paper again, or um, in your computer, whatever works for you, your achievements from the past three months or six months or nine months, and then read them out loud for yourself in front of a mirror and then go and share this with a friend that you trust or a family member that you trust. And then put some time with the person that needs to hear about these achievements. It can be your coach. It can be your manager. It can be your colleague. It can be your partner. Um, and tell them. And if it's easier for you to read it from a piece of paper, then do that. If you just want to practice saying it, just do that. But make sure you also share with them that this is what you're going to do. So set an agenda for that meeting. Um, and then make it a habit. So write down for yourself every period of time, whatever works for it. it can be daily, it can be weekly, it can be quarterly, yearly, um, the list of achievements. What really works for me is writing it down as it happens, because sometimes we then forget um, and just practice saying it in the different environments that you need them 
you need those achievements to be set. Have your, my top three achievements, my top three things I'm working on in your mind for those hallway conversations, for those elevator pitches, for those Mm -hmm. elevator conversations, when you find yourself stuck with the CEO in the elevator for 20, 30 seconds, you need to have that situation ready and prepped in your mind. Yeah. because that will help you feel more comfortable in that situation that you know what you want to say. So you're saying great things. First of all, normalize it. If you can, normalize it within your team, within your company. Try to make it um, like a part of the culture, which again, either go through a remarkable um, program or really uh, try to initiate like this talk on team meetings or one-on-ones. Put it in the calendar. Just once you initiate it, you can create yourself possibly an environment that also accepts talking about your achievement um but let me let me take it one step further okay what you're saying is is very important that you gave us really great and actionable tips write it down to yourself first of all communicate it but still you and i both probably heard so many people that saying but i hate marketing myself and i don't like marketing myself and how would you answer the, the 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 real um fear and feeling that we just don't like put ourselves out there yeah so yes i've been hearing a lot of that feedback let's look at the data so we've been looking and this is part of the research that we're sharing through the unremarkable workshop and we've looked at research that was done in the us that actually tells us that people who don't promote themselves actually languish behind or stay behind their self-promoting peers what does that mean so think about your man, put yourself in the shoes of your manager one second. Your manager probably manages somewhere between three to 15 people. Mm-hmm. If they're really unlucky and they have 15 direct reports, uh, but they need to split themselves and split their attention between all of the direct mm-hmm. reportees, their own colleagues and managers and stakeholders. And I think what many of us are expecting is for them to know everything we've done, give us the pay rise, give us the promotion, give us the bigger project, just because we do the work and we do it perfectly. So I'm here to tell you, no, it doesn't work like that. It's your responsibility to make sure that your stakeholders, your sponsors, your colleagues actually know what you're working on and to be able to communicate it in a simple, concise way that is data-backed. So if you think about, you know, whatever cycles you have in your company, you need to make sure that your manager, whether it's a weekly summary of the things I've achieved or when you finish a project, making sure that you share a summary of that project with the key data points that are really important. Yeah. Um, and again, you need to try and make this quite concise. Nobody likes long emails and long summaries, but really yeah. explain why you worked on what you worked, what did, what did it do and what was the impact? Yeah. Because then think about your manager going into that meeting mm-hmm. where they talk about, okay, who are the next people we need to promote? Who are the next people we need to give them a pay rise? You That's want true. them, they need to sit there and represent your achievements. They need to represent you. And it's your responsibility to make sure that they know what to say and they have all the information to do that. So I think shifting the mindset from I need to market myself to yeah. I actually 
part of my job responsibility is making sure that my manager and my stakeholders know what I'm working on and what are the results of what I did. So yeah. that mind shift is really, really um, important. And I had one more thing to say here um, is a quick tip. So yeah. when, again, we were really like practical tips here. So when we're, you're working on a project and you build your project plan, yeah. Make sure that you follow the 80-20 rule, which is a different to 80-20 rule for Unremarkable, which means that you need to plan for 80% of the time to do the work that you need to do. And for 20% of the time, you put that time aside to make sure that you communicate the project, the timeline, the goals, the results to the people that need to know about it. So thinking yeah. about all the different ways you need to do it, but actually putting it in your project plan. So it's not a buy side mm -hmm. after you're finished with everything and you're like scrambling to get that done. So as you said, and that's the most important point, like it's a part of your job. It's really a part of your job to promote yourself. And when you, you know, I guess we're not taught anywhere. That's what I always say. We're not taught how to network, how to um, uh, market or, or, or um, build our own brand. But putting, but sharing what we did is definitely a part of our job. Nobody ever told you that, but newsletters, but you really have to do it. And, you know, in 2021, I did this down, like um, my own kind of research and about, about more than 100 women in Israel. Um, I asked them about personal branding and two main things came to mind. Uh, one is that women said, whether they were entrepreneurs or working in Israeli organizations, that Nobody ever taught them how to brand themselves or how to do this. And the second main um, thing was um, that um, they feel uncomfortable in bragging, like they don't want to come across as braggers. And all again, they don't know how to do it. So it just comes to all those great tips that you give that can really help uh, deal with that. And, and with that in mind, let's talk about women and men. So... You know, which you just mentioned some common scenarios like team meetings, email, hallway conversation. Can you offer some advice for how women entrepreneurs or again in the organization can effectively promote themselves in those everyday uh, scenarios? And, and maybe if you have also a take from men, how could men promote themselves in such scenarios? So I think my tips are would be the same uh, for men and women. Um, I actually don't do the distinction here. I think the distinction here is not gender-based, rather how do you feel inside? So you have a lot of people, you have women who are the most extrovert, confident people you might see, and you might have yeah. some men who are very shy, introverted, and less secure. Um, so I think this is really about you looking at yourself, identifying your strengths and weaknesses mm -hmm. and understanding what limits you from doing that thing, which is talking about your achievements and sharing um, your success. So again, I, I would steer away from the yeah. gender split, but rather just really understanding that each individual are unique for what they are, regardless mm -hmm. of their background gender skin color cultural background social and um, socioeconomic background or whatever it might be um yeah. but i think the the just going back to the tips we shared before yeah it's really, i think what really also helps 
is finding a person in your workplace that you trust, that you can really practice with. And it, it will help if that person actually knows the culture well, because then they can give you tips, not just by how you communicate, but actually show you the perspective or tell you about the perspective of others in your workplace. And, and that really, really helps. So, you know, we talk a lot about mentors and sponsors. It can just be a friend. It doesn't have to be this yeah. fancy title of a sponsor, a sponsor or a mentor, but just having somebody in your workplace that you trust, that you can consult with, that you can share your thoughts with, that you can practice with about things you need to present, things you need to be saying. Um, so that really, really helps. Being prepared is really mm-hmm. important. So yeah. it means you need to do the work and it's not going to come spontaneous. You need to really think hard what you want to say, who you're going to say it to, how the message might change between the different people that you're going to be talking to um, and really come prepared and practice. And I like what you say, when you have this buddy, um, the f- friend, colleague that can really bounce off ideas with you, it, it can really build your confidence better before that meeting with you know, the team or before the meeting with a um, manager. So this really can can give us confidence in in, in those uh, interactions. So that's definitely a great point. Um, I want to turn over the, the spotlight a bit uh, to you. Um, so what, um, from your experience, I mean, um, what challenges did you have early uh, days in terms of your self-promotion or self-worth, maybe? If you could, if you don't mind sharing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that's a very, very interesting question because mm-hmm. when I was growing up, so I come, I was born in the USSR. And mm-hmm. um, so we moved to Israel when I was six and both my parents are um, software developers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way I was brought up is that there is nothing I couldn't do. So like in terms of my example at home, my mom uh, was full-time, she had a full-time job. And as I was growing up, I actually, when I grew up, I always was like in high school, I was one of five girls in, um, in a class of 40, um, kids. Um, when I was a kid, I always played with the boys, um, I was, my tendencies much more towards math um, you know, the, the exact sciences. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember something I told myself, it's going to sound a bit arrogant, which... Safe <laughs> um, place, go for it. When I was applying for the internship at Google, um, the one sentence I said myself, I know they're only accepting one, but if it's only one, why, why shouldn't it be me? And that was a really important thing for me to come and say, okay, yeah, I might not be the most perfect candidate, but a good candidate. And I really, really wanted, I think my motivation to get that job was in the roof. Um, it doesn't mean I didn't have my doubts and I didn't, you know, in the interview, I remember I was sweating like crazy, um, which obviously you have those inner feelings that are expressing out. But I was, I think I was really growing up with that sense of, there is nothing I can do. I can achieve anything that I want. I wanted to be an astronaut. Obviously, I'm not. Uh, but I think that that was 
the, okay. the feeling that kind of carried me through, I do have to say that after a few years in a big corporate, you start feeling those insecurities a bit more. You start getting signals from your surrounding. So, you know, you might not be promoted. Some of your colleagues are promoted. You might not get the project that you wanted and your colleagues do. And you start comparing yourself to other people and you start having those insecurities and doubts. Um, And at this point in time, I think that what really helped me is finding those people in the organization that believed in me and also having really, really good friends outside of the organization to give a bit of real life perspective. Because I think that many, many times we're getting so sucked into a story we build for ourselves in our head that it limits us from trying new things. It limits us from pursuing that dream that we might have because we're so scared of somebody telling us something mean or telling us no or for us getting rejection. And, you know, we're talking about real life experience, but... I've had a few cases where I had a good friend that came to me, you know, I was really down. There was something at work and Mm -hmm. I got pretty bad feedback from my manager at the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was, you know, a super stressful time. I was, I was just about to get married. I felt like they're going to fire me. It was a really kind of, double emotional um time and I sat with a really good friend and he said Anna you know that you know whatever your feedback that you got you're still great you're still really good at what you do and it doesn't you know, this one incident doesn't change who you are and what you're able to do and your history and your achievements and it was such an important message at that point in time that I said yeah you're right even if I get you know, if I lose my job, I'm going to be able to find something new and it might actually be better. Um, so I think that, you know, the, the very important thing here is make sure you surround yourself with people in your life that are supportive and know yeah. who you are and will be able to help you lift you up in those tough moments. That's so important. And, and what you said is a reminder that we can say to ourselves a thousand times, you know, we've been to throw so much and, and so on. But when someone else shares this with us, like it, it, it just hasn't just been accepted, I think, differently. When someone tells you it doesn't um, uh, define who you are, even though X, Y, Z. So this is a good reminder for everybody who's listening here. Whenever you have this self-doubt, it definitely doesn't um, like define who you are and what you're capable of. And... Fast forward to a few years ago, um, what skills and strengths did you have to learn or or put out of yourself to make, again, the giant Google to let you follow through with, with your idea? Like you shared yeah. how it started, but but how did you kickstart it even until today? You have an NGO um, uh, also backed by Google. What did you have to bring out to yourself and what did you learn in this journey that enabled you to get there? Yeah. Very good question. I've been thinking about that point, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so I think the first is resilience. And that's true for any entrepreneur or entrepreneur or, you know, even, even if you don't define yourself as an entrepreneur, I think resilience is one of those skills 
to be able to continue going even when you're hearing the no, even when you're hearing all those pieces of criticism or uh, people challenging your mm-hmm. approach or way of doing things, your projects, your goals, um, understanding what is the core value and what is the core thing you are trying to achieve um, and remembering the why you do it. <laughs> and that's saved me in so many low points during this journey. Yeah. Um, the just going back to that very simple reason why you do it. And for me with Unremarkable yeah. is those thank you emails and that real impact that we drive on people that, you know, whatever time we had to raise, you know, to find budget for Unremarkable and it was, you know, it could be a process of months we're not talking about even weeks um and it's very easy to to go and say you know what whatever yeah i'm done with it it's not my day job um i should stop doing it i don't understand why i'm doing this and there are a lot of moments of that um it's just looking back at those emails and that feedback that you got on the things that you do and remembering that yeah it might be really hard for you but the work that you do has real impact on real people and yeah. um, you have the power and you have, I almost look at this as our responsibility um, that I have a tool to help people to make their lives better. And it's my responsibility to make it yeah. happen, no matter how hard it is for me. So resilience and um, yeah. understanding the why. So yeah. maybe it's not a skill, but it's an item. Yeah. And, um, being very very uh, prudent with data measurement so thinking from day one what is the types of information that you're going to need to share when you communicate about your work and this is something that we've done really from day one making sure that you can actually understand for unremarkable how many people are running workshops how many facilitators we have in which countries do we run it in which companies do we run it how many people go through the workshop what do people think about the workshop um so thinking about all these different types and and really being diligent with your data analysis data collection um sharing of data and um, storytelling is really critical uh, you need to mm-hmm. really think how you share your message in a very easy way for people to understand because your whole yeah. goal here is to create a movement of ambassadors that will carry on your message so um it's really how do you grow this from mm-hmm. one to thousands tens of thousands of people who can share that your message yeah so storytelling is really 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 important and i would say one of the important things that um is important is really I call it authenticity, but also having the skill of bringing people along the journey with you. So mm-hmm. again, it goes back to the why. It goes back to the having a good goal and a good, you know, big vision for people to join you in that journey because none of us can do anything on yeah. our own. I mean, anything is probably exaggerating, but I mean, you get my point. The point here yeah. is... We talk about big scale and big impact and reaching mm-hmm. a global 
movement um, and it can be not a global it can be a local movement it can be yeah. a smaller project but there are very few things that we can do just by ourselves um and especially when you're starting something that is not funded yet and doesn't mm-hmm. have enough resources you really need to bring people along with you on the journey so um that's a really really important skill so you shared amazing remarkable remarkable skills and and like what what helped you to get there and i also think that in terms of entrepreneurship this is one of, of the top stories i've heard about how to really um leverage the fact that you're in an organization and there's some shared values involved and get this organization to help you Uh, give you the you know the the push that you need or or the resources that you need to get this out there. So this is amazing. and thanks for getting us into kind of the the, the building blocks of that. Um, I have two quick last questions for you. One is, as you see this, and of course, as you have more plans for um, remarkability, um what are some of the future trends um, or changes or maybe to to normalize? Um, the, the self-worth and, and con, con, uh, confidence that people has, uh, have in their professional lives. Yeah, so I think there are, if we're talking about future trends, I think an existing trend is the fact mm-hmm. that like we do this, we have yeah. a lot more virtual interactions versus face-to-face mm-hmm. that require probably more skill yeah. to transfer through your message because some of your... Um, nonverbal communication is getting lost in the spiritual communication. So that's one really important mm-hmm. uh, piece to get right. Um, you know, so something might have this conversation without a camera on the other side, and then it just becomes a voice conversation. And, you know, actually, I know many of us haven't had phone calls in many, many years. So yeah. that's one important piece. I think the other one is we talk about um, generative AI tools. Um, it actually can really, really help you because you can it it can help you sharpen your messages. It can really help you think about ways of delivering your message. You can even maybe practice with it on things you might want to say. Um, yeah. I really think it's just the beginning. Um, and maybe, you know, when we release this, we can hear more ideas from our listeners. Yeah. What is possible? How do you use generative AI to, yeah, to feel more comfortable with your self-expression and self-worth? I definitely think that this avenue will, will surprise us with so many great inventions um, that you know, definitely support us. And one last thing is, is what is the one, one tip that you would give your younger self about being remarkable? I love this question. <laughs> I, I think about that a lot, but... I think probably one thing is don't you limit yourself. So if any limitations are going to come, let them be external, but don't prevent yourself from trying things just because you think they were not going to work. Yeah. Um, and that's probably one of the biggest learnings I've had through Unremarkable. Um, and I definitely would want my younger self or any other kid out there to say that to themselves um, so that they grow up to be happy, fulfilled adults. Amen. That's a beautiful message uh, to finish off this great interview. And honestly, you know, we use the word remarkable here, but you are really remarkable. Your journey, your, your learnings, your insights, how you brought this thing together with your um, 
you know, motivation and obviously the partners. So it's really amazing and it's an honor to interview you. Um, and just before we finish, how can people either um, join, um, maybe become facilitators, learn more, connect with you? Yeah, so we're just in a transition period um, right now. But if you search for hashtag I am remarkable on Google, you're going to get to our website. Um, and you're gonna be able to do everything from there. So you'll be able to find a workshop if you want to join a workshop, uh, sign up to become a facilitator, uh, bring Unremarkable to your company. Um, and yeah, please do. And also don't forget social media. So if you search on any social media network for hashtag Unremarkable, you'll see a lot of our uh, content and facilitators content online. Amazing. And I will also put the links to Unremarkable and to your LinkedIn just next to this video. Uh, if people want to continue learning more about this, Anna Viner, it has been a great pleasure. I was waiting a long time for this interview and I'm so happy that we did it in the best timing. So thank you thank so you. much. No, thank you. <laughs> thank you to our listeners. Thank you, Liran. Keep being remarkable. And of course, thank you for watching and listening on all the platforms uh, to the Liron Lickman Show, the show that explores the human factor around business and entrepreneurship in a hybrid world. You can definitely subscribe to the channel if you're watching this on YouTube. Leave your comment and I'll see you on the next shows. Bye. Bye-bye.